autism on the seas to me is a passion because I want to give families that opportunity to just be a family and just to, to love on one another and have fun together, have great memories. everybody to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And this evening, we're welcoming Sandy from Autism on the Seas to chat about sailing with special needs children and adults on Disney Cruise Line. And we'll also touch a little bit on Disney Parks. Sandy has been on 37 cruises with Autism on the Seas. So she's really experienced with cruises and special needs kids and adults. And so we just wanted to have Sandy on to chat through that. So welcome, Sandy. We're really excited to have you on the show. Well, thank you. It's my honor to be here today. Sandy, I wanted to start off with just a little bit of your, normally we'd start with Disney background, but I think it'd be helpful to frame this first and foremost with what is your background with working with, you know, autistic children and I assume some autistic adults at this point with through the cruise program. What's what's your background with sort of autism in the seas? That's a great question. My professional background is I was an elementary school teacher with special needs students in my class and also an assistant principal where I had the opportunity to be, sit in with parents and families from kindergarten through fifth grade and help their students get their services and accommodations that they needed. And I did that for over 33 years. I also worked with young adults and respite programs through my church. And I've been with Autism on the Seas, started volunteering with them in 2016. Let's merge that up for a second with what is your cruising background? And then we'll go into your Disney background. So what is your cruising background? Is it solely with Autism on the Seas or were you cruising before? Well, I began cruising my family personally, and we've probably taken over 20 cruises ourselves with our family and with my mom. And we have cruised on Princess, Disney, Royal Caribbean, Holland America, and Regent. And with Autism on the Seas, I have had the opportunity to cruise on the Disney Cruise Line also. You have an amazing amount of experience then as a personal cruiser and as, I guess, I'll call you a professional cruiser as well. <laughs> Can you tell us what your Disney background is? Well, our, our experiences with Disney probably began about 27 years ago when we first took our son to Disney and we have been going to Disney parks ever since. We have also had two adventures by Disney coming out to Disneyland which were fabulous experiences. And we've also had the opportunity to cruise on Disney Magic as a personal family and the dream and the fantasy. And I am down in Florida as often as I can go because I love going into the parks. Well, we are jealous because <laughs> we <laughs> living in the Seattle area, we do not get to get to Florida too often. We do get to go to Disneyland in, in normal times, non-COVID times. We do get to get to Disneyland quite often, but perhaps not as often as we would even like. So, <laughs> Yes, I wish I was one of the people hearing those words, welcome home this week. Let's talk a little bit about Autism on the Seas, Sandy. What is the organization? What does it do? Who does it serve? That's a great question. Autism on the Seas began in 2007, and it was to fulfill the opportunity for parents with special needs, kids or young adults, to be able to have a true vacation experience, just like other families, um, so that we, we provide um, special accommodations and special things to help support the family while they are on the cruise. You mentioned in your background, 
around providing respite care. And Brian and I know what that is, but I'm guessing a lot of our listeners don't know what respite care is. Can you explain a little bit what you mean by respite care? Yes, certainly. And I'll just kind of do an overview, but we do provide services through the whole day and the evening for the parents. So we're on call to them 24-7 if they ever need anything. But respite care is a devoted time that we set up our own kids club and we have two hours of time for the parents to have to themselves to relax. And we do a kids club with the kids. And then on Disney, we do that in the Outlook room, or we can do things across the ship also. As parents of a special needs kiddo, I can tell you that that's really important. I think for parents just to be able to get some time to themselves, these kids require a lot of energy and attention. You you need that time to recharge to be sort of the best parent that you can be. So, And to piggyback on that, you also need folks like you who have experience Mm -hmm. working with special needs kids, your average, I'm going to call it a camp counselor, but your average teenage camp counselor does not often, some do, but does not often have the skills to be able to work with some of these special needs kids, whether they be on the autism spectrum or other kinds of special needs. And I think we've learned as parents that sometimes your initial reaction as to how to parent a neurotypical child is exactly the opposite of what you need to be doing for kids who are on the spectrum. So one of the things that makes autism on this seas unique is the volunteers. And the volunteers all have to go through an interview process and also a process to make sure that they are qualified to work with our families. They have careers in special needs in some way, everything from being a classroom teacher to ABA to RBTs to counselors to, I mean, physical therapists. So everybody that is a volunteer for us has to go through a very stringent interview process and we have to make sure they have the experience before they can come and volunteer with us. How does a family get hooked up with your organization? That's a great question. One of the things that we do is we have a great website, which is autismontheseas.com. And you can go through and there's actually interactive brochures. There's You can request paperwork to see more about our pamphlets and all of our activities. And there's also a video that shows what it would be like for a family to come with us on a cruise so that you can see how it's broken down and how it would support a family. And which cruise lines do you sail with? Yeah, we sail with Disney, Royal Caribbean, Carnival, Celebrity, and Norwegian. Well, that's a great range. And how many cruises a year does the uh, does the organization sort of typically sponsor? We probably have over 50 cruises that go out a year. And, and one of the unique things also is that we travel from all over the country. So it's not just out of Port Canaveral. We have them all over the East Coast and also out of LA and also out of Seattle. So there's cruises going from close to people's homes all the time. Well, and it sounds like probably then varied itineraries because going into Seattle, you're probably headed to Alaska. Out of LA, you may be headed down to Mexico. So like you've, you've, you've got some options, not just sailing in the Caribbean. Yes. And I really like that because a lot of our first time cruisers may choose to go on a four or five night cruise. And then they may, after experiencing that and having great success, then maybe they'll go on a seven night, eight night type cruise for their second cruise. And what's the typical size of the groups that you're you're sailing with? I know that'll probably vary across the different cruise lines, but what's what's the typical size? I would 
would say that most of them are probably from eight to 10 families. I've had a few families and then we've had large families. Spring break is usually a big time and it varies throughout the country. So you could see anything from March through May and then also the holiday season. You'll have the bigger sailings. And, and you mentioned the respite services. I'm actually, I'm actually curious, apart from the sort of organized cruises you do, does the organization also just provide maybe some tips if if you're just a family going on a cruise with an autistic family member? It, does it provide any sort of tips or guidance or consultation or anything like that to help you have a better experience on a cruise, even if it's not an autism on the seas cruise? Yes, absolutely. And that's another unique thing about us. When you think about our program, we start right from the beginning. We have, of course, a fact, you know, frequently asked questions. We, you can, parents can send in questions. A lot of times parents may have concerns about their particular child or safety and want to talk to someone. So they can do that on the website and a group leader can call them. I do those calls or they can speak with other parents. We also, once we have the parents coming, we, we have pets, we have social stories, we have tips that we provide for you. Also look at the videos. Those are a couple of great things to get started. And I like to call each of my families and speak with them about the cruise and give them some tips and to answer any questions um, they may have prior to going on the cruise. That's a really good tip. I do think for our listeners who might not be aware, sometimes kids or adults with special needs have a really difficult time with, this is not, this is a generalization, but with a change of location or a change of their daily routine. Mm-hmm. And so giving an introduction to that person to wherever they're going to be ahead of time or several introductions ahead of time can be really helpful with what that change is going to look like. And one of our cruise lines, Maria Caribbean, also gives free ship tours. So families are able to go to their website and sign up for a ship tour and they can come and have Autism on the Seas there present also to support their kids and we'll take a tour of the ship and we'll answer questions about the ship and they have an opportunity to see the cabins, the kids clubs and things like that. So that's another opportunity to get kids and families comfortable about thinking about the possibility of taking a cruise. So you've talked about some some respite care you provide on board and some, you know, consultive sort of services that you offer families. Like, I guess maybe we ask a question this way. Like, what are some things that, that folks, you know, looking at sailing with an autistic family member, like what are some of the challenges that they're going to face? on board that they should be thinking through in advance? Well, one of the first things that I like to to always get the family thinking about is arrival and just packing anyone packing for a vacation and trying to get all their paperwork in order can be very stressful. And so we like to help get them all prepared. And then once they a family arrives, we are outside ready to greet them and we will walk them through each step privately. So we do not have to stand in long lines. We can expedite that. We can have our own special place that we go, our own special area if we have to wait for just a few minutes. And we usually go in on the cruise right after other cruisers that maybe are at a high level or a back-to-back cruise so that we are one of the first people on board the ship, which helps a lot because there is so much less noise and stimuli going on that we can help with the the families. And that has been a tremendous help too. And even before boarding, Sandy, is there guidance that you give or that you have for families, you know, just even around like what to bring? 
Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times I like to go ahead and talk to them to see if they have any medical concerns or any food concerns that we may need to know about. One of the unique opportunities I have is once we board, I get to meet with all of the heads of the departments and I can go over anything that we know about so that the parents feel very comfortable. Sometimes want to know if they can bring their favorite snacks on board or will they have apple juice or, you know, things like that. So that's a good thing that we can talk about prior to coming so they can have those familiar things that the kids are familiar with. And that helps a lot. And then if they have any favorite items of comfort that they want to to bring with them. And then we also like to talk about the things that they enjoy, but always bringing water bottles, um, your own personal water bottle. So that's something that the kids are already used to. And, you know, different little special toys or things like that that they are already familiar with. It it also seems like I'll say one of the big obstacles that we constantly face on a cruise is what our son affectionately calls the must-do drill or the muster drill. (laughs) Um, I like that. Must-do. The must-do, yeah. Yeah. Or or mustard is the other. The mustard drill. Yeah, Yeah, the Uh, mustard drill. (laughs) Uh, it, that seems like that seems like it would be a real challenge because I know that, you know, these kids typically have sensory issues. And so, you know, any guidance that you have for families there are things that your organization does? I am so glad you brought that up because that's another unique thing about us, too. So one of the things that we do related to the safety drill, the muster drill, the must-do drill, is we get to do that privately. So we have our own conference room is usually where we have it designated, but it could be somewhere else on the ship. And we have the crew come to us. So it's okay for our friends to, you know, be up walking around or if there's a little noise in the room, we don't have to be standing still. We don't have to be super silent. There can be movement. There can be a little bit of noise during that safety drill. And at that time, we also give all of our parents lanyards that help identify them throughout the trip. So the crew knows that, hey, this is our Autism on the Seas families. We also provide t-shirts and we have little cards that we give to the parents that they may say, here's someone that that can help me if needed. If they're not with us and you need our help to come help you with something, we can do that too. You mentioned kind of implicitly, Sandy, mealtimes and sort of, you know, again, with the sensory issues, sometimes it's that our son has thankfully, well, he's kind of gravitates towards like from week to week, he'll be stuck on a particular food. He wants pizza for lunch every day or Mm -hmm. hamburger for dinner most nights and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, which, you know, thankfully is not, can I have buttered noodles every night of my life? Right. Which I know can that can be something. Right. And so yeah. how do you navigate? How do you help families navigate these mealtimes? And, and, you know, it seems like at lunch, there's tons of options, I, I will say. Yes. Dinner. It's, it's not more like the a, sit down meals. Yeah, I think that's sit, yeah, more the, difficult. The sit down meal. How do you help families navigate those sit down meals? I'm so glad you brought that up. Meal time can be quite an experience for everybody because uh, then we go back to those familiar things with a lot of the kids. But we provide support at all the meals. So we provide support at all three of the meals. And the evening meal is mostly going to be our sit down meal. But our breakfast and lunch is going to be more of a drop in type style because some of our kids 
kids like to sleep in and some are early risers. So we would provide a time where we will tell you where we're going to be located and you guys can choose to come to breakfast or not. It's not mandated. But if we know that there's any special food, I know a lot of our friends are gluten-free or they may need almond milk or they may need no dairy. And if that's the case, if they're very special needs, we'll meet with the chef, the parent and I and the chef will meet together and talk about foods that would be easily prepared for that particular child and their needs. And we, as volunteers, would also be right there to support the parents, whether they would like our assistants sitting with the kid while they get to go up and choose their own food, or if they want us to walk through the line with them, we're there to support them in any particular way they're needed. If the kid needs to eat quickly and then walk around and the parents can make sure that they're seated and enjoying their food, we do that. Now, what's unique about Disney is that we travel at dinner times to different restaurants on the ship, but we also have the same serving staff at each of the meals. So once they get to know us and once they get to know our kids and our families, and if that kid needs grapes on the table as soon as they come in, or if they need to have bread on the table as soon as they come in, whatever that kid needs, we'll have it there waiting for them. And it'll be there every night to help support the family. Yeah, that's amazing. It's a that's a wonderful, just a wonderful thing to have to have you to have you all looking out for that kid and that family in addition to their parents, right? Because it, it's a lot of work for a parent to take a kid with special needs on vacation, mm-hmm. and and sometimes less of a vacation than than being at home is. But having that support on board in mm-hmm. particular, I I can see how it would allow the parent to sort of relax a little bit and yes, and actually yes. have some vacation time. And that's our goal is for you to reconnect and you relax. So when it comes to dinner time, we want you to stay seated. If if the kid needs to get up and walk around, two of us will take care of it. If they eat quickly and we need to do an activity with them, we do that. If they need to go out to the restroom, we do that. So your goal is to choose your meal and to enjoy it. Yeah, that's a great service. That's amazing. We're we're thinking. Yes. I can see Brian and I are looking across at each other, like, "Oh my God, how well, nice we, would that be?" No, it would be amazing. And, but we, you know, we replicate that differently. Currently, we replicate that by family members will watch our our son for um, you know a week or or a few days actually, while Sam and I just go on a cruise together to re- relax and recharge. But but for families who can't do that, and one even for us on occasion, like it's such a great thing to be able to just take a break. I mean, it, the, the one thing I want to ask about, and I'm trying to phrase this in the right way, is how how do you coach families or how do you see, maybe this is a way to say it, how do you see families deal, I think, with, you know, some of the, I don't know, the stigma or the anxiety on board? I always feel like, you know, <laughs> if our son is having an issue and is just melting down or acting out, like as the parent, you're immediately like, oh my God, like I need to stop this. Like I need right, to- Everyone's looking at every, us. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you but you want to give empathy for for him. He's he's not understanding what's going on or he's not- Or he's overstimulated. Yeah, he's overstimulated or, or tired or whatever it is. Like, how do you see families work? through that or how do you help them work through that? Well, I think it goes back to building relationships. So, you know, right from the beginning, because a lot of times parents come with, they're very nervous or, you know, what if my son, I'll just say son for the example, what if my son yells out or what if my son bolts up the stairs or, you know, what if my son clears the table? (laughs) Um, 
you know, a dinner. Well, you know, because we come from from that special needs background, first of all, we're all relaxed and we're like, okay, so let's see what we can do to support the kid. And that takes a lot of the anxiety, I think, off of the parents because they know that we're coming from a professional background. There is no judgment. It's only support. And they know that we're going to be there to support them through anything that happens. And we would just work with that child, whether it's redirecting, we keep special types of toys that we only pull out at certain times to help the kid transition. And so we're there to support them. And I think that helps the parents quite a bit because they don't feel like maybe in the past, they may have felt lots of people were watching or something, but it's not that way um, when we're there because we're there to surround them, to support them. And what's quite interesting is that other people who are not one of our families are constantly coming up and saying, you know, we love the way that you work with the kids. We can see how supportive you are of the family. So they love our kids too. And it just shows the other parents that, hey, everybody's here to help support. Yeah. It's it's one of the things that like I've struggled with the most is just, I think that there's an immediate sort of ascribing like, well, that kid's mm-hmm. acting out and they no yes. one knows why, right? You don't, you don't know why you don't know the situation. So I have found over time, I've become much more empathetic to when I see other families at the park having a meltdown, I'm like, man, doing the best you can. You want a cold water? Is something I can help you with? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, cause, cause you, you don't know why and everyone has a bad day. Well, one of the things I was going to tell you about, because I want to make sure that all the parents hear this, is that Autism on the Seas does not work with just children with autism. We work from the age of three through adulthood. My oldest has been 58, gentlemen. And then we also work with mobility, vision, hearing impaired, Down syndrome, fragile X is an example, make-a-wish type children, medically fragile. So our program is open to everyone. Did, did the organization, I, I'm going to assume by the name that the organization probably started to sort of serve the autism community and then yes. broadened over time? Yes, you're exactly right, Smith. That's exactly right. And some of the other things things that we do is that we not only have that respite time, and I meant to say that on C days, we have a second private respite time for our kids. Because on the days that we are at port, usually, like I'll give an example, on a seven-day cruise, we would also be scheduling, and the parents are welcome to come. They're not required. They may have their own excursions planned. But we also will plan like a family trip, a family field trip, and we'll take the kids with the families to the beach and provide services for half a day in a beach setting. Oh, nice. So it's like it's a kind of a private excursion or excursion within an excursion, I guess. Yes, exactly. And so we'll get right in the water with the kids. We do that also on the ship and the pool. And it also gives the parents a time to relax on the beach or they can be right there in the water with us too. But it gives them another chance to relax and enjoy seeing their their kids having a lot of fun too. So one thing we talked about before we started recording was you've got a smaller group within the bounds of the ship that you're doing planning for activities for respite care for support for etc that is exactly the the format they know prior to us coming the crews i work with their group coordinator and they know who our families are they know how many staff how many families we have they already prearrange things for us they know that 
We're going to be wanting to do all the activities on board. So if they're for like the aqueduct, any of those fun things like that and the slides and all of those kinds of things, we prearrange a time that will be private just to our kids. We get accommodations. The, the crew is there to support us maybe with extra hands and we're there too to give them every chance to do every activity that anybody else on board is getting to do. That's amazing. Because there's, you know, obviously there are some kiddos who have issues with waiting in lines for long periods of time. And then I'm sure it helps with kids with physical disabilities as well. Is there there anything in the cruise experience that we... uh we haven't sort of touched oh, yeah, on. I want to hear about activities. It sounds like there were activities. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, Cindy, what other sorts of like activities and things on board do you guys, do you guys provide? Yeah. So we kind of follow along and we look at the activities that are going to be offered through the cruise line and what we can do to support those two. So one of the things that we do with Disney, our kids are welcome to go to the Disney Kids Club, of course, but we also like to go in when there are open times so that there are less people in the Kids Club. And that gives us a chance to make accommodations in there also so they can experience some of the same things that other kids may be experiencing when there's tons of kids in there. So we'll do those types of things. We also, I'll give you an example. Most Disney cruises, they'll have a pirate night. So we'll do pirates all day long. And if that evening they're going to have a pirate show and if some of our kids would like to go to that, we'll make arrangements and we'll have a special seating area just for our kids. So it's up close and we can see everything. We also have a, a special area reserved for us like to do the fireworks on the pirates night or when we do welcome aboard when it's up on the deck and the characters are coming out we're doing a sail away party we'll have a special area designated for the families to come to it's more conducive to us so we're not quite in the middle of everything but yes we're still there i imagine this is a also a really good social opportunity for the parents in that you've got a lot of these opportunities to mix and mingle with the other families families that are on board. And it's a little difficult sometimes, not always, as a parent of a kid with special needs, sometimes to We'll say make friends. <laughs> and it's not that we're not friendly. We certainly are. But we're so focused on taking care of our son and making sure his needs are met that sometimes there's a barrier for, you know, for us being able to sort of mix and mingle and socialize. And so meeting other parents of similarly situated kids is I, I think you find that instant connection and instant understanding. Yeah, and you're exactly right. And we do have those opportunities even built into our schedule. So when we meet at the first time when we're doing our safety drill, we give an opportunity for everyone to introduce themselves. And then throughout the week, we may, during one of our respite times, throw in a, you know, hey, parents come and meet at, you know, at a certain place and they can come and have like a meet and greet kind of little thing. And then on some of our cruises, on different cruise lines and different situations, one of the things that we like to do is at dinner time is have what we call a dinner respite. Well, we'll do a three-hour block so that the parents can have a date night if they would like, or they can go to dinner with their new made adult friends and we'll take care of the kids for that three-hour block. Oh, wow. 
That's enough time to go to Apollo. Yes, it is. <laughs> Apollo is amazing. And that's one of the reasons we want the parents to have an overview and know what's going on in the week. And another reason I like to call ahead so that they can go ahead and make those reservations so that they have that in the place and they're looking forward to that evening. And one of the special things about Disney too is they have outstanding opportunities to interact with the characters and also marvelous evening shows that are very family friendly. So in those cases and with the shows in the evening, they also, we have a reserved area so that we like to know, of course, who's going to be coming and we plan for this. And then when your family comes, we will already have a designated seating area for you. So you're we're not having to look around and find a seat. And it's also located in an area if we have to get up and go take a break or come back or start in the show and then go to, to the rest but the kids club area, we can do that too. So that's provided on the Disney too. That's amazing because I love every show and I'm I'm at every single one. Yes. I, mean, <laughs> I will say one tip for families maybe traveling on their own with special needs kiddos is that at least on Disney, they may do this on other ships. So let me just preface this with, we don't have a lot of recent experience in other cruise lines, but on Disney, they rerun the shows in the stateroom TV. And so we have taken advantage of putting the show on in the stateroom and watching the show on the TV while we're getting you know ready to go to dinner or even ordering room service in. And our son will happily watch television. He struggles more with the live stage show and he doesn't struggle with watching it. He struggles with, he wants to ask questions. Questions. He wants to comment on things. He wants to wants talk to about the show. Wants to move around. And so like that's harder to do in a theater setting with people around you. And so I'm perfectly happy to field his questions from the couch or state room. So. But I always want to go see it live. So there's a balance. So we try and do, do a little bit of, of each. Sandy, are there any big things that we've missed in terms of challenges families might have on, on board? I, I want to talk about a little bit about sort of comparing across the different cruise lines that you sailed with. But are there any other big sort of things that we're missing that, that people might experience some challenges with? Well, one of the things I wanted to make sure that we discussed too was about when we get ready to depart from the ship, whether we are at the beginning of the cruise, the middle of the cruise, that we also like to help support our families getting off the ship. So if you're going to be going to a port and you need assistance so that we can get you off quickly or maybe right towards the beginning, we're more than willing to help support that. And then also when you're getting back on as a family and talking about, hey, you know, we're with autism on the seas. So you can go, I call it a pass to the front of the line. So your family doesn't have to stand in that long line getting back on the ship. You can get easier access because I know standing in line, especially if it's hot, can be very stressful to some kids. So having access for that is very important. And then on the morning of our departure, we also meet as a group and we will walk off together. So there again, we're getting off prior to the large groups and we can help you get your luggage and help you get through customs in a very calm way. So that's very helpful to all the parents also. I'm going to stand on the soapbox for one second because I do find that to go back to this stigma question, I find that some people view like this sort of special access for these kids as, you know, somehow like a benefit to the family. It's unfair. It's unfair. You know, my kid has a problem waiting in line, but I, I just, I just want to highlight for a second to folks that like that problem that you experience in line is probably going to be fleeting for us. That problem can last, it can set us up for a failed entire day. It can last the whole day that that problem just persists. And so you just have to recognize like when things don't go smoothly for these kids, 
it can derail them for the rest of the day. And so it could derail the whole vacation, frankly, yeah. if you've got, you know, a kid who fixates on whatever happened that first day. I'll give the example. We went to Disney World with our son when he was just a few years younger and took him on what we thought was one of the nice, tame, safe rides that I don't remember which one it was, but it was a dark ride. From that moment on, he did not want to go on a dark ride. He did not like the ride. And so every ride we went to for the rest of the vacation and for vacations since he will ask, mm-hmm. is this a dark ride? Because I I don't want to go on if it could start. And it's like, oh, not it, every dark ride is <laughs> scary. scary. And you know, yes. and, but, but that one moment yes. has persisted and we've had to fight the current. And now not he's for back a couple of years, a couple of years. And now he's getting back to a point where he'll experience that stuff. But it's those but we have kinds to of coach things. him a lot. Yeah. To, even now yes. we yeah. have to coach him a lot to get him to go on, for example, Peter Pan, which is not at yeah. all scary. So, Sandy, what actually was one more question about the organization, which is, do you find you get a lot of repeat folks back, people who've been on once who come back over and over again? Oh, yes. I have families that I have one family that it comes to my mind right away and they're probably getting ready to, in October. We're going to be on a cruise. It's a Halloween type cruise and they're going to be with me, I think, for the sixth time. Yeah. So we have people that try to come every year or have a repeat. That's very unusual for being able to cruise every year. But a lot of people do take our cruises because they know it's very predictable. They know their kids are going to be supportive. They know what kind of experience they're going to have. So we have lots of people who come back. Let's talk for a second about we've woven Disney in throughout, but you mentioned up front, you've had experience across multiple cruise lines. I'm sure that they are all at some level fabulous in working with special needs kids. But do you find that there are any that are just particularly stand out? I do. And I do think that each cruise line, especially when you're working with them ahead of time and they know what, what your needs are as a family, a lot of them do provide services, even if autism sees it's not there for boarding, maybe for reserved seating or things like that. They do provide those services. And some of them also have an autism certification. I know Royal Royal Caribbean has gone to great extremes to make sure that their entire crew is very familiar with the Autism on the Seas program and special needs. Well, it's, I mean, it sounds like Royal is trying to be sort of ahead of the game. I see from the Autism on the Seas website that they've gotten the Partner of the Year in 2015 and 2017. Right. And so they obviously are, are really uh, making an effort to serve this, this population. Now, does Autism on the Seas offer any support for families looking to go into the, the parks or is it strictly limited to the cruising space? I am so excited to tell you that they do have Disney Resort stays. And one of the things we'll be doing, I'll be on one here coming up in November, and we'll be staying at the Art of Animation. So the staff and the families will be staying on site there together. Awesome. That's great. Mm -hmm. And what kind of services do you guys offer on those trips? It's very similar to a cruise in the sense that we'll be there for eel support. We also will be there if they want to swim in those terrific pools there at Art of Animation. But we also, what's really unique is that one of our staff would be able to go into the parks with the families so that they have an extra set of hands. So if you two wanted to ride Expedition Everest (laughs) and, you know, we we could kind of hang out with your son so that you could have an opportunity to do that. And then we also provide in the evenings, we could work out so that you we would do respite for you in your hotel room to give you some extra time too. 
Well, that's fantastic. The Disney Resort stay is very flexible. So it doesn't look like the same for everybody because one family may be just staying at the hotel for one day, maybe playing putt-putt, maybe going to Disney Springs, and somebody else may be going to Animal Kingdom. So we, we are flexible and we work with each individual family on what they want to do. Sandy, to go back for the cruises for a second, I just wanted to ask, like, have there been any moments that have really stood out in your mind, any favorite memories working with families on these cruises that you just, you look back on and it just, I don't know, warms your heart for lack of a better, better phrase. Well, I could go on for hours about that, but there is one that a particular one that comes to my mind. It was a family and they were coming to sign their young daughter. She was in probably 10 to 12 age range and they were signing in their daughter into respite with us. And she said, Sandy, I don't know if you know how important this moment is to us. And I was you know, thinking, well, we're going to have a good time. It's two hours. Go have fun. And she goes, this is really a, a break, a new moment for us. This is the first time we've ever allowed her to be with someone else besides us, not even her grandparents, no relatives, nothing. This is the very first time. And that just really touched my heart in two different ways. One was the trust and the relationship that we had made that they were they were comfortable doing that and leaving her with us so that they could take the time. And then the other thought was, oh my, for all these years, you know, this this moment has come to it. So that's one that comes to my mind right away of, of just how much Autism on the Seas to me is a passion because I want to give families that opportunity to just be a family and just to, to love on one another and have fun together, have great memories. You are totally making me cry right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy, you mentioned a couple of times that you've been on ABD trips. I'm wondering, would you recommend those for families with special needs kids? Did you find them particularly friendly to that kind of a kind of a family or? Yeah, being yeah. a smaller group experience. Yeah, I'm just curious. I wasn't looking at it through the lens of that, but I do think it would be a great experience, at least the one that I did with Disneyland, because those plaids, they're amazing. You know, there were opportunities where we got to go on special rides in Disneyland over and over as many times as we wanted or given a gazillion fast passes and and we were taken into things in small groups. So, yes, I do think Adventures by Disney would be fabulous. We suspected that. Yeah, we have, <laughs> yes. our, first, we have our first Adventures by Disney booked for Christmas time, not this year, but the year after on a actually a river cruise. Um, so I'm interested to see how that goes. I'm interested to travel with my son internationally. <laughs> and you know what? It's really great. I'll say just the plaids. They are so, so personable and they really strive to get to know you and your family and what you desire to get out of the trip. And they go out of their way to make that happen. So I look forward to that experience for you. I, I will say for the, just to piggyback on that, for the Disney parks, just for a second, I just really want to put a plug in for the cast members, the number of stories, plaids and otherwise that I see where a kid is melting down or is clearly special needs. And you can tell the family is struggling and the cast member just steps in with empathy and, you know, how am I going to make this better as opposed to how am I going to clear this situation out of the store? Right. It's sort of like it's like, you know, that moment of that kid is fixated on, you know, whatever it is, the Winnie the Pooh doll that they can't have. And the family is just struggling in that moment. And the response from Disney is here's the Winnie the Pooh doll. Take it with you. Right. Like have a magical day. Right. I think. 
There was actually a great story a couple of years ago out of Universal Studios, very where a kid was having a meltdown and a cast member came over and and offered, I think it was just like a bottle of water, a snack, something like that, and mm-hmm. and and stood sort of guard because the the kid was on the was on the ground, kind of flailing as as does happen with with these kinds of well Moments. with any kids, <laughs> even kids not on the spectrum, but often happens with kids on the spectrum when there is a meltdown and and. And was sort of guarding so that nobody would step on the this kid. And, you know, it was, a, and I remember it being publicized on the internet and it was, and that's the kind of stories Brian's talking about. Well, I've seen the same thing with characters at mm-hmm. Disney World, like a character, like a princess or something, seeing a child is having, like, it doesn't even have to be a special needs kid, just a child having mm-hmm. a bad day. And their goal is I'm going to make you happy. If I have to spend 15 minutes just with you walking around the park and giving you that special experience to make you happy, that's what I'm here to do. And that's, you just, I, I you know, you're not going to find that going to a sandals resort or whatever it is, right? I just, I don't think you're going to find that. Well, sandals isn't family friendly anyway, but, but you're not going to find that just by going on a resort vacation someplace like Disney and, you know, perhaps Universal, but we're a Disney podcast. Disney offers that sort of baked into their philosophy around, you know, again, have a magical day. That's what we're here to, that's what we're here to provide. With that, let's shift over to our rapid fire round. Sam's favorite part of the show. So I'm going to throw it over to Sam for rapid fire. Sandy, this is our rapid fire round. And the only rule on rapid fire is there are no right answer or no wrong answers, rather, uh, unless we disagree with you. So these are your personal favorites. Well, that's hardly know, fair. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, these are your personal favorites. So what is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Little Mermaid. What is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Mickey Mouse. Uh, uh, your favorite Disney song? Under the sea. Your favorite Disney park. And what we mean by this is not Disneyland versus Disney World, but rather Epcot versus Hollywood Studios versus Magic Kingdom versus California Adventure, Disneyland Park. My favorite is Hollywood Studios. Is that because of Toy Story Land or Galaxy's Edge? (laughs) Toy Story Land. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Well, and I think she mentioned before the show her son works there. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, fa- so favorite land in all of the, any Disney park? Main Street, USA. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good answer. I mean, how do you not love Main Street? It's sort of. How can you not enjoy seeing that castle? Oh yeah, absolutely. And also I feel like it's, it's, you get that nostalgia of what Walt was mm-hmm. envisioning, at least with, you know, yes. the Disneyland version, but even Disney World mimicking the Disneyland version. Yes. Favorite classic ride or attraction. And then we'll let you define what classic ride means to you because we'll go to modern ride will be the next question. Okay. Well, I'm going to choose an attraction and it's Mickey's Philharmonic because I love being able to sing through all the classic songs. I just love that. That is a great one. Okay. Your favorite modern ride or attraction? I could do it over and over and it's Toy Story Mania. Yes. We love Toy (laughs) Story Mania. Um, and we, we loved, our son loves that too. So he always wants to get the, um, the cute bunny is what he's always aiming for, which is actually not a really high score, but he just likes the cute bunny at the end. Yeah. He always judges his performance by the cuteness what, of the what, animal. The cuteness of the animal that he gets. <laughs> he's oh, like, you got the, ug- you got the ugly bear or badger. And or the you- cat. The cat yeah, is the cat, one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Favorite Disney snack. 
I love the popcorn and I enjoy the refills and I love all the interesting buckets that you can get. Oh yes. We love the popcorn buckets as well. Do you have a favorite popcorn flavor? Are you an original popcorn? Are you a cheddar popcorn? Are you like one of these fancy flavors? I would say just the classic. Yeah. And I have lots of memories of my grandson being there with me and us enjoying that as an experience together. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Your favorite Disney cruise ship? The Dream. Favorite cruise line? I love my Mickey's. It would have to be Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and your bucket list cruise or bucket list vacation? Someplace you haven't been or cruise uh, like itinerary you haven't been on that you really want to do? Any adventure by Disney would be right up there on my bucket list, but my location would be Australia. Well, Sandy, it's been lovely having you on this evening. It sounds like Autism on the Seas is just a wonderful organization. I know you mentioned earlier in the show, but why don't you remind folks how they can find Autism on the Seas if they're interested in learning a bit more? Certainly. Go to autismontheseas.com and you'll find all the information you ever wanted there. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you again for coming on, Sandy. It's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for for coming on and for everything that you, uh, you and Autism on the Seas are doing. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Well, I really want to thank Sandy for coming on the show and talking to us about Autism on the Seas. It sounds like a really wonderful program. I know this show is a little different than the ones we've done in the past. Uh, probably a little feels a little bit more niche or a little bit more directed at folks with special needs kids. But it's an issue that's really important for Sam and I because we're parents of a special needs kiddo and we love Disney. And I think it's important for everyone out there to understand the needs of these kids and the organizations that exist to help them. And so if you're interested in Autism on the Seas because you are a parent of a special needs kid, head over, check out their website. It sounds like they have an amazing program. I know so often Sam and I need a vacation just to relax and recharge to be the best parents we can be. If you are interested in supporting Autism on the Seas, I will flag that they are a nonprofit organization. They have a 501c3 foundation that you can donate to to help support other families uh, experiencing an Autism on the Seas sailing. So head over and check that out. I think it's a great program. I really appreciate Sandy coming on and talking to us about it. With that, I wanted to do two things in relation to our reviews. The first is we do have several new five-star written reviews, of which I'm going to read one on the air right now. It comes from listener, longtime listener Bobby from Texas, who writes, great show. I've been listening since podcast one and enjoying every minute. Another great show. Really enjoyed it. So thank you, Bobby, for being a longtime listener of the show, being one of our first listeners. We appreciate it. Some of those early episodes are rough to say the least. So thank you for hanging in with us. I think they've been getting better and better and we enjoy making them every week so thank you for that I also wanted to announce the winner of our giveaway so we did a giveaway this month for anyone who left us a 5 star written review we threw their names into a hat and drew a name out and the winner of the two volumes of Cleaning the Kingdom that are signed comes from a review written on August 31st from Hold Steady Uh, and we'll be reading that review more specifically in a later episode but wanted to announce that Hold Steady was the drawing winner and so we will be reaching out to Hold Steady 
to see if they can provide us with their address so we can send them those books or feel free to email us at dclduo at gmail.com and we'll get those out to you. With that, I did want to tell everyone thanks for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are really helpful in making the show more visible to people who might be interested in our content uh, and they keep us motivated to keep producing the podcast. So head over there and leave us those reviews. They're really, really helpful. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. We are continuing to post our 101 series videos. The next one should be up here in the next few days to a week. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney Cruise or a Walt Disney Vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.